again to the podcast. It's really great to have you with us as we uh, pursue further the idea of pioneering movements and starting discipleship in different contexts. Today we have the awesome privilege of listening to Paul King from Northern England. And we hear what's been happening in England as the decline of the church is there and a massive opportunity is opening up for the harvest. Paul and his wife Stella and family are pioneering in a tough place. Uh, People are living it tough. And there are all sorts of issues from drugs to teen pregnancy and alcohol. And uh, there's a real sense of this is a, a needy place. But even in that place, it's typical of the Western world that many people are not displaying a lot of hunger. Paul's job in pioneering a movement is saying it can happen. And that, that he goes and finds people who are seeking God. And that's his main job, to enter into a place and finding the, what he calls the 1%, God-prepared people. And how, how does he do that? His strategy is to pray. And there's a lot of prayer. And to connect with God and to live out of intimacy. And then he enters in with prayer walking and connecting in spiritually with people, going into shops and trying to find spiritual hunger, staying with the person of peace and seeing if there's a group there that can develop. And he is going for groups. And then he gives us some really great stories at the end of how he starts with one and that one then moves to groups and then the uh, the other things are happening around him. Really, really encouraging as you listen to Paul King in conversations as you go. Paul, uh, tell us a bit about your world over there in England and what you're doing. Yeah, well, right now in England, um, you've probably just seen in the news, the Church of England has recently voted to kind of bless same-sex marriages and stuff like that. I think there's also been a census come out last year where less than 50% of the nation now um, declare themselves Christian. So we're now no longer known as a Christian nation. There's a massive push to remove the king as the head of the church and to remove the church from the kind of places of power in the state and remove church influence in schools and lots of different things. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a massive drive to just destroy kind of every form of religion now. And I, you know, I don't think it will long before a lot of these old things start falling down. Um, so it's not in a great way in terms of um, outlook spiritually in the old ways and the old churches and things like that. Um, but um, there's a lot of hunger among the people. There's about 98% of the nation now probably wouldn't class themselves as disciples or followers of Jesus. Um, and so it means there's a massive, massive opportunity um, to go and engage the lost because there's a lot of lost. So yeah, bad times, but, but good. Now you're you're in North England, and that's this is not one of the wealthy areas. You're really you're really jumping into where where need is prevalent and the cost of living is affecting so many people. Tell us a bit about your context. Yeah, well we we live in probably one of the areas voted the worst places to live in England. Um, there's lots of Western poverty, I'd say it that way. There's lots of Western poverty. Um, there's a lot of people kind of struggling to pay bills, um, just meet their needs. So there's a lot of um, 
as well, just with the, the same as all the Western world, the electric, you know, electric, the petrol, everything, taxes, um, and it just seems to be hammering more and more on everyday working people. Um, a lot of working people now go to work a lot, still go to food programs, food banks for food. Um, over the summer holidays, the schools now, there's people actually giving children around free school meals. They provide meals for them through the, the summer holidays now so that children aren't going without food. So so times can be often really bad for some people. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of need. Um but yeah that's that's contrasted by the fact that people um kind of are numbed to that need with their phones and their technology and they, they kind of it's like a bubble, isn't it? Um and then it, it, it pops but yeah there's a lot of poverty teen pregnancy, um, alcohol abuse, um, divorce, separation, suicide. Um, yeah, just just a lot of people living below what they say is like the, the kind of average breadline for this country. You're married and you have a, a, a wonderful tribe of kids and Stella is on team with you as you guys are uh, really focused and determined on reaching the harvest and um, you're, you're pioneering up there really to see a movement take place. Um, and you're in the harvest as well as training workers. But the thing that I just love as I hear stories from both you and Stella is how you're engaging with people in the harvest. And, um, and uh, you know, one of the key challenges we have is often says this can happen in India, this can happen in Africa, but it can't happen in the West. Um, and that's a, that's a narrative we want to push back against and just say, actually, no, God wants to reach people in the West. Tell us about how that's working with you, Paul, and um, and Stella, you know, in your both your situations. I know you're both really working hard there. Um, what does it look like, and what are some of the keys of connecting in the West? Yeah, um, I think just to start off with a fact, like, I think it's like 17 where Paul... He's walking through Athens, isn't he? And, he, and he's, he, he basically says he's looking at all the kind of spiritual objects of worship and their different religions. And he's looking at all these things going on. And then he, he proclaims to them, doesn't he, that this unknown God that you're worshipping, I want to tell you who he is. And he, he then talks about how God has chosen people's places and times in history to be born in, in, in those places so that they might start asking questions and seeking God. And so I think it's going out on the reality that's where it starts it's going out on the understanding and the reality that there's people genuinely seeking god out there um i was just thinking about this the other day in in india and in other places um god just spoke to me like out of a passage i was reading yesterday i think it was um when jesus fed the five thousand, and it was the fact that those people had genuine need they really needed to eat and they were hungry i was just thinking about other nations they have a genuine need they have a genuine need that needs to be met in the west a lot of those needs are met. People are sick, they get money, they get benefits, they get, they get. if they're poorly, they go to the hospital. So a lot of those physical fleshy needs are met um, by the systems of the world. So you can assume that people aren't spiritually hungry when you look outside because th- there isn't that need. Now, if we were in India, for example, and we were doing what we were doing here, we'd have a lot more people gathering around Jesus simply because they're desperate for what Jesus carries and brings to their life. Where in the West, people can reject that and still be comfortable in their life. Um, and that's that's the, that's what you face, is that 
ambivalence really towards uh, a hard heartedness I suppose towards why do I need God but but it doesn't mean that there isn't people out there desperately seeking God and there isn't people out there who are genuinely hungry for for him and on a spiritual journey and I think for me in the West and for us in the West that's the one thing that gives us comfort and encouragement is knowing that we're going out into an area where possibly 99% of the people might not want to know like genuinely sometimes but it, we're not out there looking for those people we're out looking for the ones that are there the ones that God's prepared the ones that are there to be found um, just like I was in prison just like just like we all were at some point in our life we were all lost seeking God and at that point we encountered somebody unless it was a miraculous thing and it's like that's how we see our role is to go out look for these people find these people because they're there to be found and so you know for us how we do it we just we just essentially do i suppose what the kind of the book says really is is that go into an area i mean it's funny because right now in our life we've just we've had a good season but i felt god say last month i want you to start going out to every area of middlesbrough for example and so that's 21 wards in middlesbrough and so what i'm going to do is and say me i say we um is spend a month in each one of those wards. And so this is going to be my format. I'll just share it, what I'm going to be doing, because it's probably more relevant. So I'm going to be praying, first of all, like each morning, get up, spend time in the Word, spend time praying, and spend time actually just listening to God and having that intimacy with Him so that I can know Him and He can know me. Um, because it's in that, it's from that position what I've learned of just being connected to him things grow from that um i think i'm genuinely probably going to be praying in tongues for a session on them mornings and then from that i'll be then entering an area um and then i'll spend a look to be spending a month in that area and so i'll be going into that area prayer walking initially for the first week walking the streets getting a feel for the area Asking about in different areas if people know people already in that area where they might be open to open their home to me so I can leave my bike there or I can get a cup of tea or use their toilet, things like that. Um, I'll then be encountering shops. I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll be fasting. So I'll go in shops for a cup of tea or a drink or something on purpose to get to know people in the shops. Um, I'll then... As I'm walking, I say me, I mean others that come with me as well, walk about and then begin to get my face known. Because often on these estates, when you're a stranger, you're untrusted. Um, a lot of these communities have been together a long time and you're an outsider. They don't know who you are. Um, your face is strange. And, and often that means you're, you're like the police or you're a criminal or someone untrustworthy. And so it's like building in a rapport. Um and then as I see people, encounter people, explain who I am. I'm a man of God. I'm in the area. We're coming to bless the area. We just want to pray for people. Is there anything we can pray for, for them? And if they say no, then ask, is there any needs in the area we can pray for? So just have basic conversations like that, just to kind of uncover if there's any hunger anywhere. Um, and then and then, then we'll be getting our intercessors to be praying for that area as well, specifically and and that'll be the vision is just to go in, get our feet on the ground, and then hopefully God'll do what only God can do, which is just reveal these people and where they are and lead us to them. 
um, connect us to them. And then from that point, we will stop um, and we'll stay in that, you know, with that person, build relationships with them person, um, start taking them through a DBS, you know, maybe some stories about Jesus, the stories of hope, and then and then invite them to invite their friends and family and other people they may know into that situation. Um, now, sometimes in the West, it may just be one person. The dream is to get a big group of people, but sometimes they've got no relationship networks at all. Um, and you're dealing with ones and twos sometimes. It's, it's just the way it is, but it's just be faithful with those ones and twos. Um, and, then, and then that's it. And then just keep going, keep being on that estate, that community. And then hopefully what's on my heart is by the end of that month, we'll have established a house of prayer there where people be gathering to pray for that community and then we'll we'll have gathered some people of peace and that's just the beginning of it really that's the start of that um and that's how i'll be starting if that, if that kind of makes any sense that's awesome paul tell us a story mate of of things that have been going on with you i know you've seen some households and things already taking place it's really exciting what's going on around you so just just bring us into the story of of how someone encountered Christ through a conversation and through a through a um, encounter with you. So the newest one, uh, I think it's probably the newest one at the minute or the freshest one, is um, is we in about October felt led off God to go towards the university, and I had a brother of mine come with me as part of a local church. He came down. Um, felt led to go to the street. I really felt God put the street on my heart. It's the big, unique, central blip. When we were on there, um, we met a guy from India. And so I, I was like, yeah, you know, pray for then God to raise up some Indian leaders. But in the meantime, I'd felt drawn to this pub. Um, and so we ended up going into the pub. And, and I was just using that time to sit down with my friend and um, just kind of teach him a bit in, in this DBS pattern and everything else. But when we sat down on this first day, I looked across the room and I saw this young man there eating a burger um, and I was like drawn to him. And then we went back the next week, sat in the pub again and the same man was there, the young man. And um, I definitely felt God was like putting him on my heart. And so I said to the lad who was with me, look, do you see, what do you see in this pub? What do you see as you look around? What, what do you see that's the same? And um, it, at that point, he didn't really understand. He just said, I see you know, I don't know, the lights are the same or something like that. And, and so I'd said, well, that young man over there, I said last week he was in exactly the same seat, eating exactly the same meal at the same time. I said, I said, and so so he, he was on my radar at that point. So we'd arranged to go back. We'd already talked about praying and starting a Discovery Bible study in that pub um, for university students. And so I think the next week as I was due to go out, I told our intercessors, um, to just pray for this young man that God had drawn us together. Because um, sometimes it can be weird. You're in a public place, you're in a pub. It's, it's, what, it's what you can have to, to the catalyst to start a conversation. Because it is about making everything spiritual as quickly as you possibly can. But there needs to be that normality where you connect in the initial bit, where you just speak about something that's normal. You know what I mean? It's like, so we... Um, yeah, well, we we were praying, and anyway, that day we ended up late, an hour late, 
and out of what you know where we usually sit that seat was taken we had to move and I thought oh yeah we're not going to meet that kid today it's too late and anyway it turns out he's late and because he's late someone sat where he'd usually sit so he ends up sitting right next to us and so I go to the bar to get some coffees and when I turn around my mate who's with me is chatting to this young man and I was like oh buzzing there's the connection that's great and when I went back to the table um my friend told me oh no way I used to do groups with this kid in school so he used to go in schools my friend to do like advanced uh, to talk to young people about sex and stuff like that and this man remembered him from that time and um and so that that started the conversation and so we we then moved on to spiritual things um and then we talked about stuff and he said oh, I'm pretty much a Christian I think he said but I just don't have time for church I can't commit to that and then I had the chance to say, well, look, this is who, what we do. Oh, this is what I do at the time because my friend wasn't fully engaged in what we were doing then. This is what I do because I'm about bringing the church to people wherever they are so they can sit around the Bible, look at a story in any context and do church right there that fits into their life. And he's like, all right, sounds awesome. So, yeah, that was um, a few weeks ago. We've now led him. He's made the decision to follow Jesus um he's witnessing to his girlfriend to his friends he's just started witnessing to his friends two weeks ago telling his friends about jesus i think last week when we caught up and we said how did it go he's told all his mates about jesus and i think one of them told him to basically f off just just abused him but the rest of them were all right so and uh we looked at like the command of like get baptized so last week um he's been gone away to pray and think about when he should get baptized and today i presume we'll have the answer for that so um it is it is a really beautiful story i just want to share about this i just just to highlight the significance of people seeking god when we met daniel um that's his actual name but when we met him he told us about his girlfriend adelaide which is funny because obviously i'm taught to use all the time and it like rung in my head so adelaide all right adelaide has really bad um anxiety and stuff socially so she goes out socially for even to meet her friends the next day she can't go out the house she's just shattered she she met someone a few years ago and she was desperate for freedom really and i think she encountered this pastor who said come to our church and you'll be sorted out and i think what happened was she said she went to the church for about eight weeks and obviously with this social phobia it probably cost her a lot to go there it probably took a lot out of her, to be honest, because she hates people and being around people. And she said, all he did was just preached at me for eight weeks and nothing changed. And so so when we met Daniel, he was saying, you know, Adelaide is totally anti-God and all that. And, and anyway, when I came home that day and my mate was dropping me off, this re- revelation just hit me, is where Jesus said, anyone who comes to me, I won't reject, I won't turn them away. And I just had this image of like Adelaide came to Jesus for deliverance and salvation and hope. And she didn't find it where she was. But it was like, I just got the sense that God had said, but I didn't forget her. And she might not have found it in that place. But I've heard her coming to me and I'm now following her and pursuing her. And us going into that pub, meeting her boyfriend, now has this effect where he's now going home every week sharing the stories with her. And he's, he's beginning to take her through creation of Christ. And it's like, I'm just like, 
I was saying is this, is that this young girl, God has literally orchestrated all of this, I think, partly so we can get back in touch with her and say, you do matter to me and I am going to set you free. Like that, you know, and Dan, Daniel's just collateral. <laughs> He's just like, <laughs> Daniel's, Daniel's like important. But I'm just like, it's such a beautiful picture of God's like, Love that he's 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 orchestrated all of this. I think so he can re-engage her heart and be like, I haven't. I literally was, you know, just gorgeous. Um, yeah. So that's that's probably one of the freshest stories, to be honest. Um, yeah. And there's a few. My my friend now who's been with me. He's literally engaging. I was praying for a year for God to bring us someone who had a passion for young people because I used to work in schools and stuff. And, and he sent this lad, and he's now, he's been on a call this morning with some young people. They're wanting to start DBSs in schools. He's got, he's got, so he's got this group of about 15 kids from different parts of the Northeast who he's beginning now to see about discipleship and equipping them and training them to make disciples. So that's, that's another story. That's just beginning. So it's just awesome. Yeah, so awesome. And, you know, I'm hearing, uh, a number of things there, Paul, and we've got to let you go because you've got to go and do this, uh, do this DBS. But I'm just hearing intentionality, spirit-led witness, identifying people, jumping in, and suddenly finding God's already working, and God's you're you're intersecting halfway. You know, God's already been there, and 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 suddenly you're you're intersecting where God is already working. It took some boldness and intentionality to jump into that space, and suddenly now it's multiplying. and And uh, what a great story! So thanks, brother. Really appreciate it. And uh, and may you go well as you jump into this next uh, hour or two with uh, with this as the story continues. We look forward to hearing more. Thanks, man. Bless you guys. <laughs>